Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Tune Podcast. The goal of my show is to create valuable content to broaden your knowledge, inspire you, and get you in the right mindset so that you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. Now, today's guest is Jen Sway. Jen is a holistic health coach helping individuals create mindful relationships with their bodies, food, and physical health. She is the founder of Jen Sway Health and has helped hundreds of women and men reclaim their lives and bodies through her, through her workouts and her signature 12-week Find Your Freedom Transformation Coaching Program. Jen Sway Health is on a mission to empower people to live a healthy lifestyle that is authentic to them and it, is on a serv- it serves those who are lost and frustrated through powerful holistic health coaching, mindfulness-based lifestyle changes, immersive movement training, and intuitive nutrition strategies. So Jen, thank you for coming on the show. Welcome, how are you, how are you doing? Hi, Kong, thank you so much for having me on. I realize that that is all a mouthful to say, but I'm very excited to be here and share everything that I have to um, talk about with your people. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Uh, I think you have a unique perspective to uh, contribute to the show as it relates to meaning and purpose. So let's start off with a big question. What does purpose mean to you? I love this question um, because purpose is, in very short terms, purpose is what makes goals useful. Um, So when I think of purpose, it's the fuel to your passion is the fuel to whatever avenues and activities that you do on a day-to-day basis. And to me, purpose is my fuel for, um, you know, everything that I do in holistic health coaching and helping people transform their lives. And my specific purpose is to use my unique life experiences and my ability to connect with other people in order to empower them in their bodies and their minds um, so that they can make life an enjoyable experience. That's amazing. And, and how did you get started in this work? Yeah, so, um, you know, I faced a lot of challenges in mental health, especially when growing up. Um, I faced a couple other challenges, just like relationally um, in my adolescence that really uh, brought me to where I am now. So I was able to learn a couple really important life lessons um, when I was a teenager uh, through like traumatic experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think when people talk about trauma in their lives or negative experiences that they have, it's really, that's it. They think of it as just a negative experience. But I think the other side of the coin, when you bring some more mindfulness and healing to it is post-traumatic growth. Mm -hmm. Um, So my journey to holistic health coaching and um, working one-on-one with clients was really a miracle because I was the kind of kid that always just did what I was told, uh, worked hard, got good grades, achieved a lot of success in like athletics and academics, but didn't really have a why to it. So growing up, um, you know, in a Asian household where both of my parents were immigrants from China, um, you know, hard work, hard work was really beaten in, right? Like gotta get good grades, um, you know, go to a good college, get a good job, kind of that traditional path that people strive for. And so I never really questioned it much, but 
I felt myself kind of slip, um, this disconnect between my mind and my body starting when I was in like fifth grade and going into middle school. Um, you know, I started seeing like this huge pressure um, that I would put on myself uh, to perform at a high level without any end result. It was just to perform well and achieve without, um, you know, any intrinsic motivation there or intrinsic gratification. Mm -hmm. So it really tore away at my self-worth. Um, it blocked my trust in myself. Like, why was I doing things like playing golf or studying all day or volunteering at um, organizations that I wasn't even passionate about um, and not questioning doing so, right? I just kept doing these things even though there was something inside of me that was like, I don't feel great doing this. Like, this isn't what I was meant to do. Um, this isn't necessarily my choice. And because I kept pushing that down so much, it really uh, created these lack of boundaries um, and depression and anxiety in myself. Mm. So, you know, going through this emotional burnout phase where in middle school and high school and early college, the pattern for me was always work really hard, um, just grind away, trying to climb the ladder of like academic success and then fail miserably because I was not sleeping. I was not eating well. I hated my body. I hated myself. Um, if I didn't achieve, it meant that I was a failure. Uh, I had very little resilience because um, anything that I did that I didn't immediately achieve at um, was a ding on my self-worth, right? It was like, you are not good enough. Um, your body is not good enough you know, you're not going to achieve to, you're going to not achieve in your life. You're not going to amount to anything. How can you expect anyone else to love you? Like all of these really terrible negative thoughts were just always coming in my mind. And while I had the grit to persevere and push through and keep working, I didn't have the emotional bandwidth to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. So seeing all of these things um, and going through really suicidal ideation, like really depressive state in my life for many years, opened my eyes to uh, something could be wrong here. And inevitably, when you, you know, neglect yourself long enough, uh, things go really, really wrong. So my freshman year of college, um, at the end of the first semester, I was hospitalized for three days. Um, and that hospitalization was triggered by being in such an emotionally low place that I was a danger to myself. And the school had uh, intervened to make sure that I could keep myself safe. That wasn't like, um, that experience was not something that just popped out of the blue. Th that whole semester, I was struggling a lot because I had gotten into a really toxic relationship that was re-traumatizing because when I was 14, I was sexually assaulted um, by a guy who coerced me into a relationship who was much older than me. And my freshman year of college, kind of the same thing happened where I was coerced into a relationship that I didn't want to be in. Um, but because I had no boundaries and 
for me, if I could always help other people focus on their problems, then I wouldn't have to look inwards. Um, these red flags kept popping up with this one guy and I let that continue happening. Um, and because of that experience, I tore away at my own personal value. I was not doing anything for myself anymore. It was only for him or for other people around me, for school, for organizations. Mm -hmm. And I reached this point where my body was just retaliating. My mind was retaliating. So I was hospitalized to stabilize my mood, to kind of wake up from this depressive episode and really think like, what do I want life to be like? Because at the time, I literally had no idea what I wanted life to be like. I couldn't think of one single career that I was excited about. I couldn't think of one single class that I would be passionate about. I didn't have any friends who I felt were so close that it was worth living for. Um, you know, the only person in my life that made me really think about, hey, like, suicide is not an option here, like you have a reason to stay, was my sister. And it was through our conversations of just like, how would that affect her that made me think, okay, I need to get better. Like I need to be there for her as much as she's been there for me. I love her very deeply and I know she does for me. So what does that mean? It means I'm worthy of love. I'm worthy of something to keep living. So I have to figure out what that something is. Mm -hmm. So through my healing journey, um, I really took everything that I saw in the treatment of mental health patients, uh, where it was terrible. Like, I'm just gonna put that simply. I think we all know that our healthcare system is broken, but mental health especially, uh, that system is so broken and people are not treated as people. There's very little empathy I feel from um, people who work there. And I, it's not necessarily the fault of the individuals themselves. I think at a certain point you get numb to the things that you see. And because mental health is so challenging where you can't actually see the physical things that are wrong, um, you can only judge people off of their actions or their words or their habits, behaviors. It's really easy to write them off as like, oh, they're either lazy or unmotivated or you know they're just crazy which I really encourage people to take that out of their language because you don't know what people's battles are. You don't know what their experiences are. Um, but after seeing all of that, I really made a promise to myself to do something about it. I was like, I'm going to be the change I want to see in this world, right? Uh, be like Gandhi. <laughs> so um, while I'm not in the policy aspect or um, you know, going into psychiatry to interject at that level. I am working out of like a preventative place, out of a place of, okay, let's work on thriving in life. Mm -hmm. um, once you have recognized that you need help and that you are working on getting yourself to a stable place, let's work on thriving and opening up the opportunities that life has to offer you. So through going through traditional medicine first. I did two months of therapy and medi uh, medicine. I was on like a, I was on a pill called um, Lamictal that was actually for, bi or for uh, seizures and bipolar disorder 
where it has shown to really help with suicidal ideation. And I just mentioned the name because it's something that I've never heard of and I studied psychology. Um, I just knew everybody who was depressed was on like Lexapro or, um, you know, Zoloft. Those are like the two most common. I was like, oh, like I I thought that this medication was complete bogus. Honestly, I was like, what do you mean that this pill can change my thoughts? Like, those are my thoughts. Um, Like me wanting to kill myself was, uh, is not um, from anybody else. That's just me. Like, how can this pill do something like that? And I realized that, you know, um, mental health is so much of a time, a literal chemical imbalance in your brain. And if you need that medication to help fix that, it's okay. In fact, you should do that because that is how you can heal. You know, if you're sick, you take a pill or you go get medicine from a doctor because that helps it heal quicker or more effectively, or you can't heal without it. And for me, that was something that I had to cross that barrier of like, okay, I'm going to accept that this is going to help, that that this has a possibility of helping and I want to help myself. So I took that for two months, I went to therapy and the medication helped tremendously. The therapy was okay. And after two months, I was like, okay, what do I want the rest of my life to look like now? Cause I think the medication got me to a really, a, a more stable place. Um, but I thought that it kind of reached this maximum potential. Mm-hmm. I wasn't somebody who thought of myself as sick. I wasn't somebody who thought of myself as um, who needed to rely on medication for the rest of my life. So because of that, I was like, what can I do personally to improve my mental health, to improve my physical health so that I don't have to rely on medication and so that I can live a better life naturally? Because it has to be possible. I see people do it. It has to be possible. So why is it impossible for me? And that's when I kind of put myself in my own um, mental health wellness and physical wellness boot camp. Started to work out a lot more, like, but this time for um, for my enjoyment, it was, you know, for function, not for aesthetics. And personally, I had a really bad relationship with fitness and with food in my body growing up. Um, I would work out for like hours on end uh, to try to lose weight. I would run, uh, I would calorie count, do all these things where I hated my life. I was so cranky all the time because I was just hungry all the freaking time. Um, and this time it was like, I, it's going to be different. Right. I'm going to do things that I enjoy. So that was dance. That was kickboxing. That was lifting. Lifting completely changed my life. Um, and I was not running. <laughs> I was not doing like heavy cardio. It was just, let me just enjoy on having fun, whether that's 10 minutes or an hour but I'm just going to have fun with it. And then it was working on my mental health, Mm -hmm. really figuring out what are the limiting beliefs that I have and how can I start changing that? So really starting off with the most simple, cringeworthy thing of affirmations, telling yourself that you are beautiful, you're worthy, you're deserving of love and getting really specific about that. So I think this is also something that I see as a coach now with my clients is when people set affirmations for themselves, um, people start at a very surface level 
because I think when you see on social media, people are just like, say that you're beautiful to yourself, but that's not enough. I think affirmations, you have to dig really deep into um, knowing what are you saying to yourself? Are you saying like, I'm a lazy piece of shit and I need to get my shit together, right? So let's change that into a positive and it's not just, I can be productive or, you know, I am a hard worker. It's, I am so badass and I can take control of my time and my boundaries so that I can achieve a healthier and more balanced um, day-to-day, right? Like, I think that sounded really um, choppy. No, so so I I can actually kind of see, or it sounds more empowering when you're instilling a sense of belief in yourself. And Mm -hmm. it's not just a generic self-affirmation. You're you're almost careful in terms of the the words you choose. Uh, Yes. Badass. And you believe in yourself, right? Like those are powerful self-affirmation that I think could really help shift a person's mindset to believe in themselves. What do you think about positive, the power of positive thinking? Ooh, that I love that question. Mental health, mental illness. I love that because positive thinking is not woo-woo. Um, I think people think that, but there's actually a lot of research in positive thinking and positive psychology. Um, and mindfulness. So I love, um, I love positive thinking. I think that it, it encompasses more than just your own personal self-talk. Um, it encompasses looking deeply into what are patterns that you've had in the past, beliefs that you've created from your life experiences. Um, and a lot of times this requires help from another person, from a trained professional who can take you back to childhood or adolescence where you've experienced some type of trauma that you've created a belief that either you are not worthy, the world is unsafe, um, you know, you will not be provided for, or especially with like money, people have so much limiting, so many limiting beliefs from money that stem from childhood. And positive thinking can only occur when you go back that far to understand um, what are your triggers. And, you know, this is kind of the antidote to that trigger. So it's shifting your limiting beliefs, your default fat, full, um, thinking pattern to become neutral and then positive. Um, and I think that neutrality part's also important. You can't just, nece- uh, you can't necessarily jump straight from having a really pessimistic view on life to being an extreme optimist. Right. I think for me, especially like my journey for that was being a complete nihilist, uh, thinking that there's absolutely no point in life to being a pessimist of, okay, only bad things are going to happen and like bad things are going to happen to me and to other people and life is bad, um, to being a realistic pessimist where I can understand, okay, well, these are like what actually, what actually is happening in life, but you know, there's always bad things that can happen. To being a person or to being a realistic optimist, where this is where life is, this is kind of what's happening, but there is potential for good. 
And now I think I'm in between that and being just like a total optimist <laughs> where anything is possible. You can totally shift your perspective. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to positive thinking for mental health, like that is something that is extremely powerful that can be utilized and I think should be utilized more. However, unless you are in a place where you can do that work, um, meaning you are open to it, it's not going to work for you. You can't push it on somebody. So how do you get people to be open to it? Yeah, that's a, another really awesome question because for me personally with my clients, the people who are coming to me are people who are highly motivated to change, who have recognized that there has been um, like a glitch in their life and they are ready to take back some level of control and really learn those tools. So that is almost a prerequisite of working with me is that you have to be open to trying new things, no matter like what your connotations are with it. Like that's something that we can always work through, um, but you have to be open to it. For somebody who is in a place in their life where they are not open to it when they, when they hear me or you say, hey, like positive thinking is a thing or like, you know, try out affirmations, manifestation, vision boarding. And they're just like, eh, yeah, that's too Pollyanna. It's really woo woo. Um, well, then I invite them to like just sit on it, right? Just dive into that discomfort that it's causing. Um, figure out why are you so adverse to it? Because most likely, if someone is unhappy with their lives or unhappy with their weight, unhappy with their health, they're not just sitting there doing nothing. They've probably tried something in the past and it hasn't worked. That's the key is that everything that you've done to this point to help yourself hasn't worked. And that proves to yourself that you're incapable of change. And when you have that narrative of, I cannot change, I can put in all the effort in the world, but I cannot change, what's the point? Then you become closed off to opportunities. So I invite people who are in a place where they're on that teeter-totter of um, you know, I want to try something new, but you know, nothing in the new, nothing in the past that I've tried has helped me before to really dig deeper into why is this time different? You know, is this time different because you're more motivated to change? Maybe you have an event coming up or, um, you know, you want to meet the perfect person and you're just totally sick of meeting people that are not right for you. That's something that comes up all the time with my clients is they're just like, you know, dating right now is so hard. It's like harder than ever. And I'm so sick of meeting people who are inauthentic. Well, then maybe you need to explore how can you be more authentic to yourself? And that honestly starts with your beliefs and your thought patterns, right? Living your best life. What do you say to people who are living authentically, but have yet to find things that make them joyful and happy? Mm. people who are living their lives authentically uh, right so for example you mentioned about someone wanted to find that special person right but they're meeting all the wrong people because mm -hmm. folks are not authentic and you mm -hmm. said you know perhaps they should assess whether they are being authentic to themselves so my follow-up question to that is what do you how do you respond to folks who have lived authentically but have yet to find someone that is as authentic as them mm. 
I think that's an interesting question because um, I believe living authentically might have different meanings and connotations to different people. Um, and I would also look into um, what is the energy that you have around, you know, your goal, your intention, right? What is the intention behind this? Um, because when we try really, really hard to make something happen, uh, but it's coming out of the intention of like fear or scarcity, uh, it's a very different intention than um, coming out of a place of like love and worthiness. So when it comes to relationships and really cultivating, um, manifesting, calling in to the world, to the universe, to God, whatever you believe in, because we all believe in something, being like, you know, I want this person to show up fully. Why? What is your why? This comes back to purpose. What is the why behind this? And I believe your energy surrounding that is the energy that you're going to get out of it. Um, and I think every person that you meet who you either, um, you know, are trying to have a relationship with or something is a lesson learned. So perhaps there is a lesson to be learned there. For example, personally, I kept meeting like, I, <laughs> this is kind of a funny like side note, but I went on like 50 dates in like 2019. <laughs> like I just was on Bumble, on Hinge, like for so long and I would go through these trials and errors of like I hate this like don't want to be on dating apps anymore I just want to meet somebody organically mm -hmm. uh, but also like oh I like need this and like almost like, valid it's like validation and also um like but what if they're out there I think I'm ready I'm ready I'm ready for somebody right and this was a period in my life where I was I was I did all the healing work I was really thriving in my life and was growing my business and I was like, I'm ready for this person to show up. Like, I, I promise universe, like this time it's going to be different. And what I saw time and time again with all these relationships is I would come from a place of, oh, like neediness of, oh, like I want this to really work out. Like I, I like can, I can do this. Like I know that they'll like me, um, but am I enough? Like there were these points in times where um, I look back and I'm like, I was not setting clear boundaries for myself. I didn't know exactly who I wanted. Like, how can you say that you know you want to meet the one when you don't know what the one is? And I see this again with my clients where they want to just have a boyfriend or have a girlfriend, but they don't know what that looks like for them. Right. So I personally manifested in my current boyfriend who is like my soulmate who I absolutely love and adore. And we are so, such great matches for each other because we're on the same um, vibration of life. We're on the same brain length, brain waves mm -hmm. where we think in the same manner, but differently. Mm -hmm. They complement each other. We support each other's growth in the best way possible. Um, and we have the same values for life and same life goals. And I knew that he was quote unquote the one because a few months before I met him, I sat down in a fit of frustration, mind you. I was so sick of this one guy who I was seeing who I was like, oh my gosh, like we could be perfect together. Why doesn't he want a relationship with me? Like I'd be a 
fucking awesome girlfriend hello are you blind here right I was like oh but like why am I also drawn to that if he said he doesn't want to be with me right like why was this happening so I woke up in a fit of frustration this is like 3 a.m and I literally just wrote down exactly what I wanted in a boyfriend what I wanted in a life partner and it went so deep up to like the feelings the emotions it wasn't just the what it was the how do I feel right and to know that that was out there for me to know that every opportunity that comes into your life you know um is a gift it's a lesson learned that you have to learn to love yourself to set those boundaries so that you can allow that person to come in and once that person comes in you understand why nothing worked out in the past like i truly believe that Mm -hmm. so if you are living your most authentic life i love that keep doing that focus on that but if you really are in a place where you're trying to call in somebody who is the perfect match for you you have to get clear on what it is that you want. Who is it that they want? What is the energy? What are you guys doing? What, how, does they, who, how do they make you feel? What are their core values, right? Understand what is important to you, what your goals are, and does that person mirror that? Do they have different ambitions from you? Um, I think that is where you can see some true magic happen Yeah. when you're able to be clear. You know, I mean, this is important, right? Relationships, because as humans, we're we have a need to connect with one another. That's how human mm-hmm. human beings thrive in mm-hmm. life. And so it's important to do the internal hard work and self-assessment and being mindful of the type of vibration that we're putting out because mm-hmm. what we put out, we attract. And Yes, exactly. Right. And so the universe has is ways of making things happen for us but we have to as you're saying be clear about what is it that we want and by sitting down and either writing on a notepad or doing a vision board um, the, the characteristics of the types of people we want in our life and every day thinking about ways that we can move towards attracting those folks into our lives, we become more purpose, purpose-driven purpose people. And that ultimately leads to fulfillment. So I love the, the types of words that you're describing about vibration, energy, and um, authenticity. I think that those are powerful words to ensure that we're on this journey to fulfillment. My next question here is, what is it that inspires you to do this work? Mm. I think for me, this kind of comes to the results that, like the rewards, right, that I I get from it. And it's seeing the results of my clients. because at, at the beginning, what inspired me to do it was all the um, negativity that I saw from mental health. And then it was myself and my journey of like, holy shit, <laughs> I was in such a terrible place. And for me to be completely 180, where my entire personality shifted, my value shifted, the way I showed up for myself, for my friends, for just everyone around me shifted 
being able to experience true gratitude for the first time in a really, really long time, that was super inspiring for me. And now being able to shift um, other people's mindsets, right? Um, where my clients will come in hating themselves, thinking that they are unworthy of love or um, that you know they are not capable of change, um, especially when it comes to their health and their wellness, right? And being able to get them to a point of understanding like, actually, like I can. Uh, and look, here are, here's proof. Because you know what I did this whole last week? I woke up in the morning and I made my bed, right? Or this whole week I got done with my, I, I did my affirmations every single day, right? It's about these small little wins that build up. And then this aha moment in a client where their face kind of lights up and they're just like, hey, I did something for myself and I feel good about it. And obviously the end result of, um, them having a better relationship with their body, being able to eat intuitively, not diet, and then that showing up in their relationships because now they can go out and have a meal with their friends and not worry about their weight, right? They can go out on a date with that person and not think about, oh, like, do they, like, do I look okay? Am I attractive enough for them? And really critically think, do I like this person, <laughs> right? It's not about you. It's about the other person. It, it's like, how you feel about somebody else. So watching that perspective shift is, is really rewarding. And that always inspires me to do more because I think about what is the potential big impact here. And it's that we can shift society as a whole to be more authentic. And I think when the world comes alive, when we are all able to be our authentic self, then that is where society can move forward. Wow, that's amazing. Wow, I mean, you have such a powerful um, life story and uh, your journey and your, and the, your ability to self-reflect and realize uh, what a state you were in um, and now having to do a 180 and being in such a positive state of mind is, is just remarkable. Um, how would you get people to push through um, difficult times? Yeah, um, when we talk about difficult times, like I think people right now automatically think 2020, mm -hmm. coronavirus, it was terrible. All these negative things happened, right? Um, and there's a lot of things within, there's a lot of different approaches to dealing with pushing through, quote unquote, pushing through difficult times, mm -hmm. right? There's the aspect of the mindset piece where it's just like, do you just need grit? Are you trying to build resilience? Um, is there something that is limiting in your speech and your beliefs that keep you in these quote unquote difficult times. So I'll give you an example for myself, right? Um, when coronavirus hit, I did not go through this whole depressive state at all. I was, um, I guess, lucky in a way where I had a support system that I could talk to if I needed to. But I actually was really excited because I was like, oh great, all of my classes are online now. Like I can take my classes pass, fail, 
holy shit, this means I can have more time for my business. Like I can start making more YouTube videos. Like I can really go hard on my online presence and like I can be a resource for people mm-hmm. because mental wellness, physical, um, you know, improving your physical health, like just taking care of yourself. That's what I preach. And in this time where everyone has to stay home, what can they do? Why is it scary? And a lot of people found it scary because they didn't have anything to do but to look inwards and inside is scary. Mm -hmm. So when we want to push through difficult times, that's the first step is you have to go inside. You have to look inwards, do Mm -hmm. the scary thing. Um, push yourself out of your comfort zone and there's a lot of techniques and tools that people can use my personal favorite for setback recovery is the four questions and three p's of recovery Um, so let's start with the four questions Uh, so when you go through something challenging um, you might have a belief that pops up let's say that this is um, oh my gosh this guy didn't want to continue a relationship with me, or maybe you just broke up with your partner and you're like, this is terrible. Like I'm never going to find love again. Right. The first question that you ask yourself is, is this thought true? And let's say you're in a bad place and you're just like, yeah, of course it's true. Like I'm never going to find love. They love me the most. Is this thought really true? That's the second question. Challenge yourself and think deeply, take some time to reflect on this. Is this thought really true? Is it really true that you're never going to find love again, that this person loved you the most? Well, let's look at that. I know that, you know, um, I can love myself more than that. Or I, you know, these are some things that they did that I actually really didn't like that didn't align with my values. Okay, well then is it possible that somebody else could come along and love you better, you know, be more aligned with you? Yeah, probably. So then the answer to that question of, is this thought really true is no right? This is not the most terrible thing that's happened to you. You can find love again. So then number three is, um, you know, who would I be without this thought? You know, and number four, is there a stress-free reason to keep this thought? So is there a reason other than bringing you stress that this thought is helpful, that the thought of you will never find love again, is that helpful to you? No, (laughs) it really isn't. And if you can recognize that, then it's like, well, then why am I keep why am I holding on to this? And when you can answer the question of who would you be if you didn't hold on to that thought of, okay, if I didn't think that I was undeserving of love or that no one's ever gonna love me again, then maybe that would allow me to focus on myself, to do the healing that I need to do um, to recover from this relationship or to, you know, give myself love, show myself that. Um, I can take care of myself. Um, And then you can go back out there, go date, do whatever you want to do to find the perfect person for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, that four step process is really great to bring more mindfulness into your situation so that instead of just reacting to a situation, you can pull back and reflect and choose how you want to react. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. I think that will be a, a resource that would be beneficial for um, many of my listeners uh, who are tapped into this uh, show. Um, What's rewarding about your work, would you say? Yeah, uh, definitely the results and growth for everyone involved. Um, You know, I think, like I said, when people come to me, oftentimes they have all of these 
limiting beliefs that they recognize that there's something that they want to achieve that they just haven't been able to yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result of the work that we do by creating true self-reliance, um, creating you know, self-motivation and being able to um, make peace with their bodies and reconnect with their mind, they're really able to see themselves find an enjoyable workout routine that they stick to instead of forcing themselves into something they don't like to do. They're able to trust and listen to their bodies, eat intuitively, um, sleep when they feel tired instead of staying up and then feeling guilty about sleeping or like about staying up. They're able to set boundaries with other people and with themselves. So really understanding what is non-negotiable for you and sticking to your guns about that. They're able to intuitively navigate setbacks so that they can keep growing. And they're able to um, bring more mindfulness into their everyday so that they can sense, they can feel a sense of peace and calm throughout their day instead of franticness and anxiety that I think a lot of people operate in. Yeah. Well, gee, you are definitely a purpose-driven individual. Um, you mentioned about, you know, having to change people's lives and that's really um, about impact. And it's not about, you know, of course, financial gains, although that's, that, that is important, but it's not the core, the primary reason why you're doing it. And so to be able to be of service to others and make an impact in, the, in your communities and get people to a better state of mind are things that purpose-driven people uh, strive to do. And so I want to thank you for your time and your perspective and sharing your thoughts on, um, you know, of course, uh, mental health and and mindfulness and the power of authenticity and 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 so much more. And so, where can people find you and your work should they want to connect? Yeah, thank you for those kind words. And um, yeah, if this resonated with anybody, if you really want to work on creating healthier, sustainable lifestyle routines. You can find me on Instagram at Jensui Health, that's J-E-N-C-U-I Health, or on my website, www.jensui.com. It's just my name. Um, There you can just find my contact information. We can book a clarity call to really get uh, clear on what your goals are and why and your next steps on it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, folks, you, you hear that. And I highly encourage you to connect with Jen. I think she's an amazing asset to um, your ears of uh, any ears of your life that you want improvement on. And uh, Jen, thanks again for your time. I truly appreciate your existence. Thanks so much, Kong. I really appreciate being on here and being able to, um, you know, just talk to your folks. <laughs> Likewise, we'll take care.